Podcast where we get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it is sports time as we are talking week 11 in the National Football League. Uh, joining me, as always, is Bill Needles. How are you, Bill? I am fantastic, thank you. All right, good to have you here. Uh, rounding out our trifecta, as always, is Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? I'm well. All right. Um, did you guys manage to be lifted up, or were you, were you lifted by the by the wave and the tides that were two of the greatest? Uh, moments in gambling history of all time, or were you uh, swallowed underneath the undertow last Sunday? Uh, I had money on neither of those games. Bill okay. and I were on, Bill and I were on the phone together for the Arizona Buffalo thing. Okay, <laughs> uh, we were on the we were talking on the phone watching the game as it happened. Oh, that's great. But uh, I, I mean, I I had to, I had the Cardinals, but I got them. Luckily for me, I had them earlier in the week, so I had the minus one when it was available. So I was not. Uh, hurt by the the people who who got it Sunday morning when it was minus two and a half and uh, that kneel down was taking. I, I saw them line up for that and I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then I just saw people freaking out on the internet about what are you doing with the knee? And then somebody pointed out it was minus two and a half because I had the number minus one stuck in my head. So I was just like, I need the girls to win. So obviously I was euphoric with the Cardinals uh, covering that one so I could squeeze out a three and two last week, but. Uh, man. And then, uh, of course the Cleveland Browns with, uh, Nick Chubb, uh, <laughs> just veering at the one yard line. And, and it was like, his was even more hilarious. Cause I didn't think he was going out of bounds. And all of a sudden he was just like, whoop. <laughs> and then they finished with the three and in most places that ended at a push anyway, cause that, uh, that game was minus three, but, uh, uh our, my- our, our friend, our friend Pip had Texans plus four. Oh, that's one. So that was a hell of a moment for him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that that one was. Uh, yeah, that was a cover earlier this week. Yeah, I mean the Browns one was minus three for most of the day, and then it got to minus three and a half uh, closer to game time. So if you had that closer to game time, it was obviously a brutal half point loss for you with with Nick Chubb running in. Uh, the rest of you probably got your money back on a push, but it was like. It well, just, if you had if you had text plus four, you're watching Chubb stroll down the sideline. You're like, oh my god, I just lost the money, and then he just does that. You're like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> just unselfish football, great. Stuff. And it was it was the correct move, I guess. Although, I mean, you can argue like the, with Nick. the odds of that. Like, here's here's what I said when I was yeah. talking about this today. Uh, their win expectancy when Nick Chubb is racing down the sideline, if he goes into the end zone, was ninety nine point nine percent. And then he goes out of bounds, and it goes up to ninety nine point nine nine percent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it went. By less than a percentage points, but their their win expectancy did go up when he did that. So yeah. you know, like you know, like the odds that like basically they were like like score onside kick score was probably never going to happen, but it's slightly less like slightly more likely than fumble the kneel down and the kneel down return and that fumbles return for a touchdown. I don't know. They see it like I I think fumbling a snap might be more likely. You see that you know yeah but y- yeah. But when it's when everybody knows it's not competitive, the snap is pretty touchdown as well. Yeah, I've never seen a I've never seen a fumble on a kneel down snap though. Like I'm saying, I've seen a lot of 
that did happen in an Eagles versus Giants Monday night game. Herm Edwards actually was the one that returned the fumble for the score. That, that was they didn't they didn't kneel down though. It was a situation where they should have oh, been kneel downing, right. but they didn't. Right. Remember? They, Right, 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 right. Yeah, that that was the one. That, yeah, they were in victory formation, but they never uh, they for whatever reason they tried to hand it off, and that that's you know where how the miracle in the Meadowlands was born. But there was uh, I remember Greg Schiano. Remember when he was running the Bucks a few years uh, a few years ago, and he was uh, having guys uh, submarine on the uh, on the kneel down, uh, and they kept doing that throughout the season to the point where guys were taking the victory formation from shotgun. So, which I guess that opens up the chances for you to like, I mean, so maybe there's something to submarining the, uh, the, the kneel downs. Cause if they're going to take it from shotgun that, you know, increases the likelihood of a, of a messed up snap. Right. Like Either but, way, uh, their, their win expectancy was not dramatically altered. No, but I think it may have gotten slightly better. However, as someone who has Nick Chubb on his fantasy team, even though I won this week, Ooh. It would have been real cool if he had just put that in the end zone. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, if the score, if they were, if the, if the Browns if they were, were up, only up by one. Yeah, they're up by one or two, then yeah. it's a different conversation. Yeah, but being up by three, that's that's a little too much, right? He probably, he could have just taken that to the end zone. But yeah, if they were up by one, because that's what Brian Westbrook did, right? Like, Brian Westbrook is the guy who made this famous, except he did it in, like, week 16 when it was fantasy uh, finals or something like that. Yeah, and but he his team like the Eagles were only up by one in that infamous game against the Cowboys. You can look up that play on YouTube, I would imagine. Um, but it just made sense for him because he secured the victory by going down at the one. And uh, there was another one where uh, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew did it as well, where the, when the Jaguars were up by two and he could have scored, but went down at the one. And I believe there was some sort of incident with uh, Todd Gurley that uh, <laughs> occurred earlier this year where he didn't go down at the one and. Yeah. Well, remember, Odd Bradshaw could have lived forever because remember he was supposed to go down to the one, fell into the end zone of the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Yeah, that, if Tom Brady has a touchdown drive there, less than a minute to go, Ahmad Bradshaw lives forever for that yeah. screw up. That one uh, put them up by yeah, eight, eight though, if yes. I remember correctly. I think yeah, it did, it did. Yeah, um, but still, but yeah, they they could have lost that game, mm-hmm. and if they did, uh, that lives forever. But instead, that that uh, deep bomb to Rob Gronkowski falls just incomplete. Mm-hmm. The Patriots don't win that Super Bowl, and no one remembers that Ahmad Bradshaw did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I've run a whole bunch of money on that Super Bowl. My uh, biggest score to date. God, I love that Super Bowl. But, yes, that like I, I'm pretty sure when Ahmad Bradshaw went into the <laughs> to the end zone like that, you guys had to pick me up off the ground from the fetal position to watch the last minute and a half because I was just like, no, no, it can't happen like this, right? It can't happen like this, you guys. Right? <laughs> All the quarterbacks to give that time to as well. All exactly. The... <laughs> right? like, oh, God. Well, if it was any other quarterback, I don't think they would have been thinking about kneeling down at the one. They would have been like, let's get this eight and then, you know, put it in there or whatever. Right? I, I don't know. Anyway, crazy to think about. Like, just so many great gambling. Uh, I just love the fact that we usually have to wait several years for, for stuff like that. And then there were, there were two things, a, a Hail Mary <laughs> and then a kneel down after the Hail Mary to cover. And just... Imagine trying to explain that to someone who doesn't get football. Let's say you had the Cardinals minus the two and a half, and and someone who doesn't necessarily understand football would watch you go ballistic after that, uh, after the the, the Hail Murray, as people have dubbed it, and then subsequently go, no, what are you doing? (laughs) As they're kneeling down. I think uh... so. That was the right play because if you get yeah. it, if you get it, it doesn't in- increase your win expectancy at all. But there's the the chance, buy it small, 
that a fumble gets returned to the house, and then all of a sudden you're going overtime. Mm -hmm. So, so dealing, dealing that out was the right thing to do. This isn't quite as bad as the as the Pete Carroll against the. Do you remember when Pete Carroll was coaching the uh, the he was he was coaching the Pats in the in the nineties during his first stint, and they had a game against the Bills, and Drew Bledsoe was on. Drew Bledsoe threw like a hail mary into the end zone. I think the Bills were minus two. Yeah, the Bills were minus two in the game and were winning, and then Drew Brees threw a Hail Mary in the end zone, and to this date, it's the only time a Hail Mary got flagged for pass interference. And then the Pats scored to go up minus to – go, to go up uh, plus one. And it was Bills minus two and a half, actually. Because uh, if you were a Bills fan who had minus two and a half, you were like, okay, that's fine. They'll just kick the field goal. And I'll, I'll still cover the I'll still cover the the plus two and a half or whatever. And the, the Pats were up one, but then the Bills left the field in protest. Uh, so for the extra point, it was a direct snap to Vinatieri, who carried it into the end zone for the two point conversion, and the Pats won by three and and covered the minus two and a half or whatever. Do you guys remember that one? I don't. Oh, good lord! Google that one if you can. It, yeah, it's it, it, there, there's like. Watch. Oh yeah, there's a Bills. It's one of the all-time great like gambling moments. Like this one will never happen again. I, I highly recommend you go. Like if if something like that happened to me in that game, you would have you guys would have had to like I would have been in a coma. Like it, it was <laughs> like the like if I was on the other side of that Cardinals thing, I would have been like, hey, this is the worst thing ever. But a team literally leaving the field so that a kicker takes a snap a direct snap against nobody and walks in for two. Like I just. Oh, good lord! I just love it that that we had two things—not one, but two things—happen this week that that go in the uh, in the yeah. ranks of that. Yeah, just Google like I'm sure I'm sure if you Google Adam Vin or not Google YouTube Adam Vinatieri two point conversion, they they give you the whole story in that game. It's 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 nuts. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> that was last week. This is this week as we head into week eleven to talk about the gambling lines for this one. Thursday nighter, pretty good little matchup. The Seattle Seahawks. Uh, are hosting the Arizona Cardinals Seahawks minus three. Uh, they're getting the uh, three-point home bump. Uh, Seahawks minus three. Where are you on this one, Bill? I I I, I want to say the Seahawks because I feel like they'll be able to move the ball better. But that defense has just been porous, and there's no reason to think Kyler Murray is going to be able to throw all over them. I think high scoring goes back and forth. Give me the points. I'll take three. This is one's going to get settled by a field goal, so I'll take the points. Uh, 57 and a half, speaking of high scoring, Ooh. is the over-under uh, for this game. Easily, as I do a quick scan, easily the highest line of the week, but uh, there's one other game that is uh, just only one point below it. I'm sure you guys can guess what that one is. It is another primetime game this week. Uh, but the Cardinals and the Seahawks in Seattle. Seattle minus three. 57 and a half is the over-under. Craig, where are you? I like the Cardinals. Really? Uh, like, are, are the Cardinals not just the better football team right now? Um, no. Hmm? No. I have I have the Seahawks. I have them minus three. Uh, I think we're putting a little too much stock into uh, what was a miracle win. Let's not forget that. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury yeah, is still bad. Lost, even if the Cardinals had lost to Buffalo, I still think they're better than Seattle is right now. The Seahawks only win... Seahawks only win since October 11th mm -hmm. was against a Niners team that was missing a lot of dudes. 
Yeah, and that's precisely why I, I think we should take the Seahawks here because, like, their their value is extremely low right now. The Cardinals are coming off a, a super high win, again, albeit a, a, a very lucky one because I'm mostly concerned with the fact that they could have put this game away and there was no need for them to have a uh, – they had three three and outs in that fourth quarter, right, With with because Cliff Kingsbury once again got super conservative and didn't do anything, and then it came down to them having to, to throw up a Hail Mary and – and uh, DeAndre Hopkins ended up coming down with it. I just, this, I like the Seahawks here. I think this is a good spot for them, and I think they're going to be one of my five. I like, I like so the these Seahawks. Guys, these guys played what five weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. that was the the DK was, Metcalf chase down uh, yeah. moment. Yeah, which Arizona won in overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great game, and I, I suspect this will be a great game too. I just like Seattle's pass rush has somehow gotten worse over time. So That's yeah. it. It's not getting better or staying the same. It's worse. I, I guess, what do you think the point differential is from playing in Arizona to in Seattle? I mean, I, I, I think it'll be a close game again. I just, I, I like the Seahawks. I just think, I just think the spot is better for them. They can't lose three in a row and they can't lose two games in a row to the Arizona Cardinals, right? Like they just, they, they, no, I know, I know they can't, but like, mm-hmm. I just, I just have visions of this game of Kyler Murray just sitting back there and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And even if they get finally get a pass rusher loose, him just taking off because the entire defensive backfield is in a mess because they've had to cover for so long. It just a lot of the stuff that you saw Arizona do the last time these two teams played, I think, can be more effective this time. And and look, the the Seahawks have a coaching edge on this. There is no question. And despite the fact that everyone's talking about Kyler Murray these days, the Seahawks probably still have a quarterbacking edge. I, I acknowledge that. But. I just that pass rush is so bad. Yeah. It is so so bad. Like I I I made money off betting against Seattle last week just because I knew like hey this, how how do you get the Rams? Oh you know you 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 have the pass rush just go right at the middle and you overpower the middle of their offensive line. The Seahawks cannot do that. And and I just I think that if you give Kyler this much time and you don't make him have to make quick decisions and you don't make him have to force the ball anywhere, you're going to give up a lot of points. I suppose Wilson could score with Murray. Wilson could, uh, the Seahawks offense could score right with Arizona's, with Arizona's offense. But the I just, and there's the over-under right there. Um, I, I just, uh, this, this Seattle defense is a damn problem. It is awful, awful. Yeah, it's like I'm not. I'm everything you just said is true. I, I I'm not disagreeing with anything that that you've just said, but I just I think that this is the spot to take Seattle. Like the, the Seattle's coming off of two losses. They're going to be focused up for this game. They need this W. They already lost to the Cardinals once. The Cardinals are just going to be riding high off of a of a miracle win on a short week. They're still going to be thinking about what happened last Sunday. Seahawks are going to be focused up. But I I, th- I like them to to cover the three and, and get a W here. I just think yeah. it's a spot to take the Seahawks. I'm not, do I, yeah, do I think that definitively means that the Seahawks are going to be better than the Cardinals? And would I like to see these two teams hook up again in the playoffs? Hell yes. Uh, yeah, so let's say I, I – want the Seahawks to win this game so they can meet again in the playoffs and let's have a best two out of three in, in this, uh, the, the year of our Lord 2020, I guess everybody's favorite year. Um, yep. but yeah, I, I, I like the Seahawks, but it sounds like you guys are on the Cardinals, but I'm going to like the Seahawks enough. I think they're going to be one of my five and I don't take too many Thursday games. So I'm very serious about this. And this is another home team on the Thursday that you like as well, Craig. That's another, that's another reason to, to kind of take the Seahawks. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. 
Uh, although it didn't work out last week. Although we discussed why it might not work out last week either. So uh, here we go. Not quite to the effectiveness, but I definitely didn't think the special teams was going to take over as much as it did in uh, yeah, last Thursday. But right. yeah, for sure. But we can Colts, s- talk about the Colts in a second. But it, it kind of feels like the Colts always get those little things on the margins that just happen. They're they're going the Colts way this year. Yeah, that's for sure true. But uh, we can just slide right into the Sunday afternoon game and talk about the uh, Tennessee Titans as they are heading to Baltimore to take on a slightly reeling Ravens team, uh, having just lost a monsoon matchup against the New England Patriots. Baltimore Ravens minus six at home against the Titans right now. Bill, what do you feel about this one? I I like Tennessee. I want to trust Tennessee, but that was not a great display last week. Um, I... I would have been so confident Tennessee's a better team, and I, and I think I still am. Tennessee is a better team. Uh, but do I want to lay that many boy? Yes, I do. Give me Tennessee. Uh, not according to DVOA, they aren't. Baltimore still sixth. Tennessee 16th. Tennessee's got the third-ranked offense, though, according to DVOA, which shocked me because, man, they had, Tannehill has not looked good these past few weeks, and it's resulted in some losses. I suggest to you as to why Tannehill's not looked good. Uh, yeah, lay it on me. Taylor Lewan. Yeah. That, like, if you can just say, oh, yeah, we've got the left side of the offensive line from the pass rush perspective locked down. What do we worry about chipping running backs over there? What do we worry about tight ends over there? Taylor's got it handled. Mm-hmm. That opens up so much in the playbook. And Taylor Lewan's not there. And that this offense has looked a lot worse ever since he got hurt. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, that's, I just, it, it, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And A.J. Brown and... You can also look at, like, the Titans got some stupid wins earlier in this year because of the the nonsense that they pulled with COVID. Like, they had a couple of matchups against some teams that they beat, specifically Buffalo, where it was like the other team was the, – the Buffalo was training to play a different team all week, and then all of a sudden, whoops, you're playing the Titans now. And, you know, so they, they – which you can't really do that in the NFL, but here we are again, 2020 COVID year. But, I yeah, so I think the Titans were beneficiaries of a few of those – types of W's, which is why they've been reeling over the last few weeks and haven't looked too good and got, you know, their special teams is, is really bad. They're second worst special well, if teams. You look, in if you the look at is with, since the Buffalo game, here's what Tennessee has done. Mm-hmm. They had a last, they had an overtime win against Houston. Not exactly. Yeah, who are terrible. Yeah. yeah. They lost a very close game against Pittsburgh. That could have gone either way. Pittsburgh's mm-hmm. a good, that's fine. Should have won, won that game. They should, they probably should have won that game. Lost to the Bengals. Not what you want. No. Nope. That was pretty ugly. And then a win at home against the Bears, which it, it went into the books as a seven-point win, but the Titans were up by three scores for a lot of the second half. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit more impressive than that. Then you had that loss at home against the Colts. So, uh, and that was an ugly game on Thursday. So still not exactly super impressive what they've done since that win against Minnesota in week three and since the whole COVID thing went down. So I... That all that said, and I know that <laughs> all that said, Baltimore's not that good right now. No. And six is a lot, isn't it? For this, Ravens it is. Team? Which is why I'm. I I, I think there's. I'm kind of thinking Tennessee is the play here. I know, but I think they're trying to sucker us into taking Tennessee with the six. I think this is so weird that I feel the exact same way about the Seahawks, where like Baltimore is. Still good. They're still sixth in TVOA. They're getting shortchanged after a loss in a monsoon against uh, New England. 
And you look at the way they lost that game, and you say, well, Damian Harris can run all over the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. What the heck is uh, Derrick Henry going to do? And granted, that's a fair point. But I just – I think that Baltimore now – do I think that they're going to come out here and, and, and give the uh, – the offense we saw in 2019, no. But I just think this is a spot where everybody's really down on Baltimore and everybody's still kind of high on Tennessee. Baltimore is sort of short week after the Sunday primetime. T- Titans with uh, three extra days to prepare off the Thursday night game last week. I just I think this is a spot to take the Ravens at home. Tennessee is also, you, you, you know, you mentioned they're, they're missing good guys off their offensive line. But I just, I don't know. I... I I kind of have this as a stay away, but if it wasn't a stay away, I think I'd be taking Baltimore. I, I think Baltimore might be the play. I think they're trying to sucker us into taking Tennessee. I don't know. What do you think, Craig? I I, I, I have to take Titans here. I can't I can't give up six points with Baltimore. I can't do it. Ravens rush defense is twenty first in defensive DVOA. Mm-hmm. Like uh, oh yeah, they've, they've been terrible. I know, but like that's again, that's just like oh. is, and and let's also remember that. The 2019 Baltimore Ravens, who are, I think, a better version than this team. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, this has got to be a revenge game, right? Crap for those guys, too, you know? Like, yeah. That's the other thing. This has got to be a revenge game for Baltimore, too, right? Like, they got to come in prepared for this one after two losses. They can't lose to this Titans team. I don't – yeah, I don't – I don't – man, I just – I think we're supposed to take the minus six here because yep. it's just so fishy. I think they're trying to – That's why the Titans, Titans. Like, like, like my Vikings, like – uh, there's few teams I'd hate to be against more when they're up by seven, you know, and all they got to yeah. do is the clock for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, so if, if the Titans can put themselves in that position, I think they're much like Minnesota. They're as good as any team in the league. It's just if if the first couple scores go Baltimore's way, I'd be real worried. That seems to be the knock on this Ravens team so far this year is if you get up on them by two scores, they don't really have the, the horses to try to come back, which is weird because they, they have – Theoretically, anyway, good receivers with Andrews and Hollywood Brown and whatnot. Just for whatever reason, it's not clicking this year. Play action hasn't been I'll tell there you, for I'll them. Tell you, well, you talked about it earlier with Tennessee, but here's what I would say about Baltimore. Uh, the 2019 Baltimore Ravens we just talked about, they had Hall of Famer Marshall Yond at guard, and they had probably the best tackle in the world at Ronnie Stan- and Ronnie Stanley, a left tackle. Yeah. Those guys aren't around right now, and that has become a problem. Also, the other thing that teams have done, is last year they were afraid to play with those five, six defensive back packages because their thought process was, oh, we're going to get run over. So we can't, we, we can't play with those types of packages. Now this year what teams have started doing is saying, you know what, we're willing to take our chances with Mark Ingram up the middle a couple of times. We can't just let Lamar run all over the place. We can't have receivers running open all over the place. So what we're going to do is play a lot of man, and we're going to play – with five or six defensive backs in the field, guys that can run with Jackson a little bit if he gets out of the pocket, and, and see what happens. And so far, it's worked incredibly well. The Ravens have to readjust the other way. But the issue is, and this is an important issue, and I said it again, I'll say it again right now. The issue is um, the Ravens don't have Ronnie Stanley and Marshall Yonda. That's massive. That's huge. That's really, really important. So I think that's a big part of what's going on with that offense. Yeah, I agree. This should be a good football game. I'm fascinated to see how this one turns out. I mean, you guys are on the Titans, and, and I appear to be on the Ravens. But, uh, yeah, this just should be a damn good football. I'm, I'm just fascinated to see how this one turns out. Cause I, just, they're, they're, I think that's what wins the game. I just think six is too many. That's all. It might be, yeah. 
Some books are giving you uh, six and a half if you want Tennessee. Yeah. I just, uh, man, it's so. It, I just think they're trying to sucker us into taking Tennessee. So I'm, I'm just going to stay away. I had Baltimore kind of on the fringe as one of my five, and ultimately I think I, I took them out for something else. But yeah. She'll be a great game. We'll, we'll just sit back and watch this one without wagering any money. Uh, the Detroit Lions uh, head into Carolina to take on the Panthers. I currently have no line on this football game uh, in the system that we use due to uh, the, the uh, fact I've that we got, don't know I've if Teddy Bridgewater is playing. Right. Now, I've got two lines here. Um, um, some books are offering um, Panthers minus three. Yeah, Other I saw that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Minus one and a half is what some books are offering as well. So you can so, get the line anywhere in there. So minus one and, a half, one and a half, I believe, is the Teddy Bridgewater is playing, or sorry, is the Teddy Bridgewater is not playing line, and the minus three is he is playing line. I would suspect so, yes. Yeah. And then who are they playing? PJ so-and-so. I don't know his last name, but he apparently was in the XFL Walker. last year. Walker. PJ Walker. Mm, all right. Um, I'm comfortable skipping over this game unless you guys feel you have something to say. I don't really uh, have any analysis on my Detroit Lions this week. I don't... Uh, Stafford apparently has a torn ligament in his thumb, but it's in his non-throwing hand, so he's uh, thinking of playing this week. So we got quarterback nonsense <laughs> up the wazoo in this football game. Uh, anything you guys want to discuss about this game? Nope. No, I'm going to save the other thing that I'm going to say for a different game. Okay. Oh, fair, Craig. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. You're right. Um, next up, the Philadelphia Eagles are heading to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Browns minus three and a half point hook on the Eagles. Good God to heaven. What an awful game. I don't know. I mean, Craig might have something to say about this game, but here's, here's what I'll say. You have to hold your nose and take the Eagles with a three and a half point hook, but I hate it because I don't like watching. Not, I, play I hate this Eagles team. It is awful. Uh, yeah. It, you, you have to hold your nose with the hook and take the Eagles, but there's better spots out there, so I, I would I would say don't do that this week. But uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Bill? Yeah, I mean, take the points. None of these teams are good. I mean, there's no reason to think one is going to completely outshine the other, so you can take your little bit of an edge and don't watch it. The Browns are not very good. I acknowledge that. But they're like a middle-of-the-road, mediocre NFL team. Mm-hmm. The Eagles are just bad. Yep. So, I think I would take the Browns. Like, I'm not betting on this game because I don't want to have any part of it. Um, but I think I would take the Browns. I, I just you can't, the Browns shouldn't be getting a half point hook against any team not named the New York Jets. I don't think, even though the Eagles are the Eagles are are man, they're putting in an effort to look like the the Jets, and they are flat out bad. And Carson Wentz, man, they, the Eagles fans, I'm not, I'm not sure what the temperature is like in, on him in amongst the fan base, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen for Carson Wentz. I'm just going to throw that out there. It is. He, he refuses to throw the ball away. Like he just like, there's just so many days where it's like the play is there, like get rid of it and give it up. And he just won't do it. It's here's my Carson. Exhausting. My Carson on my theory. It's like, remember, you know, this, this guy's put together some very good NFL seasons. That's definitely yeah. happening. Um, I've got two theories. One, he misses Frank Reich. I think yeah. A good yeah. Two. I agree with that. Two. Um, I think that what the Eagles have put out as pass catchers the last few years may have broken him. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, from the perspective, just like, cause like if you go, if you're playing quarterback and you're like, your brain is already like as a, 
is telling you that, well, what's this matter? No one's going to be open anyway. And like, you know what I mean? Like it's, at some point your brain just continues to believe that no one's going to be open anyway. And it just screws everything up. So I, 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 again, there's, there's a lot of reasons why the Eagles are in the way that they are. Carson Wentz is one of them. I don't think he, he's far from the only one. But yeah, there's just there's a there's a lot that's gone wrong here. We just typically don't see quarterbacks with this type of career arc, where no. he comes in and he looks like he's an upper echelon quarterback to start, and then things just go this badly. You know, like that that just doesn't happen usually. He had MVP votes in his first year. Sure did. And if he didn't tear his ACL, he would have won. Yeah. He would have easily won. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, you say what you will about the Eagles' wide receivers, Craig, but I was proud of my two catches for six yards and four broken ribs last year. Well, you know, it was, a, it was a couple tough games for you, but uh, I'm glad that you did as well as you did. Nobody blocks like Matt Pierce. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> All right, moving on from this one. Uh, the New England Patriots heading into Houston to take on the Texans. New England minus two on the road. Short week coming up a monsoon uh, victory. Good Lord, are we supposed to take the Houston Texans here, Will? Uh, I'm not. I think that's I like the correct it. response, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exasperated <laughs> sigh is the, is the correct yeah. answer. <laughs> um, no, I I think I like New England here. I, I'm not. I, I think. Yeah, I want to say they'll be out coached, but New England has just had such a tough time this year. Uh, Cam Newton's good to go. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Craig, would you care yeah, to guess which one I'll of these two? Let's New England? I, All right. I was going to say, Craig, would you care to guess which one of these two teams is ranked higher in DVOA? Uh, I know the answer to that just because I was <laughs> ranking before we came on the podcast, but it is the Texans. Yeah, 22nd, and the New England Patriots are 25. Uh, the this is what stood out to me with the Texans, though. Um, if you have, the, like, and I know, I know I said it last week, we're seeing it again. If you have Deshaun Watson and you're 15th in offensive DVOA, like they've Shame. already fired everyone, they should fire everyone again. So I somebody tweeted earlier this week and I laughed my butt off that they should rehire Bill O'Brien just so they can fire him again. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's, I think that's, it's that's, that that's bad. bad. Yeah, like, they should do. Um, <laughs> well, could you imagine if you're a Texans fan and things are just going incredibly terribly and you're worried about obviously the health of the franchise and hey, is our star quarterback going to ask out? Yeah, and, and you're like, all right, I'm just going to put on some. The four o'clock games, the end of the four o'clock games to soothe my jangled nerves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See what's going on in that Buffalo Houston, that uh, Houston, that uh, Buffalo versus Arizona game, and you turn on the last play. Like, oh, fuck's sakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like, and if you're, imagine if you're Deshaun Watson, you're probably in the locker room getting cleaned up and whatnot, and you're just like, ah, flick on the game, guys, and then probably in your civvies, haven't done the post game interview, just watching what else is going on. You're like, that's it. I'm, I'm fucking leaving i'm out of here right? <laughs> you like, mean for, uh, for just for today i'll let yeah. you know to... <laughs> Jeez, so bad yeah god uh what are your thoughts on this one gambling wise though craig patriots minus two on I, the road i oh this is terrible like th i don't want to bet on this texans team obviously but i cannot force i cannot make myself give points to bet on this patriots uh, team yeah I can't do it. I think I think should, this should be a pick, though, shouldn't it? Shouldn't it just be a pick? I possibly. I just I think. So, Vegas, take Houston for all the story. Yeah, I think we have to take Houston here. They're not going to be one of my five. They narrowly missed my five. 
but I think we're supposed to take the Houston Texans here. I, I, th- I think you got to hold your nose and take the te- Texans because, quite frankly, they might be the better team. Now, is there a huge disadvantage in co- coaching? Fuck yes. But, I mean, the Patriots have been really, really bad. I don't think if it – like, if, if it was a monsoon, they probably would have – like, the, obviously their best performance was last week. But uh, as I've mentioned several times, it was in the middle of a monsoon. I remember a lot of the pro football focus guys were predicting a bloodbath in favor of the in favor of the Ravens in that game, and it just didn't go down like that. But yeah, the, if Vegas is if the Texans cover this game, Vegas is going to catch a they're, they're going to catch a shitload of dimes because nobody is going to take this awful Texans team. None, none of the public are going to take this Texans team after witnessing that that Patriots win in the monsoon against the against the Ravens on in prime time. I, I, be like, I made two money on two bets that I felt very, very good about. And both they're dependent last week. One, when I saw the windstorm in Cleveland, I bet the under on that game hard. Oh and yeah. We were suggesting that I think last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. cause it was like 50 in the fifties or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was way too high. And then when I saw the weather report in Foxborough and saw that it was going to be this like, just disgusting rain soaked game. I'm like, I'm just going to like, and I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a touchdown to bet on the Patriots. Yeah, and not really never in that game that I feel as though my bet was in trouble. Yeah, you know, no, I, was... and they're they're I mean, the Ravens showed some gumption, too. They were down. I mean, normally we talk about them. They can't really come back, but they were they were down, what, 20 to three in that game and made it close before the, yeah. the rain really took they, over. And they made it competitive. But yeah. yeah, the last five, they just they just literally had no chance. Just yeah, literally. Moral uh, of the story is hold your nose and take the Texans in this I, game. I just I can't give points to bet on this New England team on the road. I can't do it. No. Uh, next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars and Vladimir Luton. No, no. All right. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, they can't uh, all. Well, they can't all be winners. I'm not down with Vladimir Luton. Stop. Nah, that's fine. Gluten free. I'll stick with gluten free. All right. They can't all be winners. Stick and move. Stick and move. You know. <laughs> but uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Exactly. You got. You got to hoist up the shot, right? Can't score if you don't shoot it. Uh, Steelers minus ten on the road in Jacksonville. Take the Jacksonville Jaguars, everybody. The Steelers win and they go uh, to ten and zero, but they do it only by three. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have had a penchant for messing the Steelers team up in this uh, in this era of, of in the, the Mike Tomlin era, I guess, including a, a big AFC playoff win with Blake Bortles on the road. <laughs> and uh, but and 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 Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, they they do just enough to win these type of games. They don't typically cover these high lines against bad teams, especially on the road. Um, taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bill, what do you think? Yeah, I like the Jags here. Steelers have won maybe, I think it was two games by more than 10 this year. Yeah, it hasn't been by much. Yeah, they haven't been absolutely blasting people. Um, So they're on the road. Take the Jags. Take the points. Steelers, like you said, win maybe more than three. I'll give them a little credit. Give them seven. Um, (laughs) But uh, I don't think they'll uh, they'll cover that 10. Uh, Steelers minus 10. Craig, where are you on this one? Yeah, Jacksonville, definitely, definitely general. All right. Uh, moving on, the Atlanta Falcons are heading into New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Saints lost Drew Brees this week with busted up midsection. Um, we don't know if we will see Drew Brees suit up for the New Orleans Saints this season, or dare I say ever again out of the side of my mouth. But uh, it sounds like from where we're sitting right now on this podcast, it sounds like it's going to be Jameis Winston. 
uh, with a little bit of Taysom Hill sprinkled in. Uh, the Saints minus five against the Falcons at home. Falcons coming off a bye. I, 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 this is awful. I think we got to take the Falcons. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I love the Falcons. Yeah, I think they're going to be one of my five. Five is too many. Five is too many. And look, and I know it's not the classic quarterback matchup with these two franchises, but the, when these two teams play, weird stuff always happens. I'll, I'll take the points. It's always like a, a field goal in overtime between these two teams, now, it seems. Like now, it's just, it, said, I did say that when these two teams play, weird stuff always happens. Could the weird thing be, and if this happens, you just you, you, you lose your money and so be it. Yeah. I'm still thinking you take the Falcons. But could the weird thing be Jameis Winston is 22 for 27 for 320 yards and three touchdowns and no picks? Yeah, it could that would like him having no picks would be the weird thing. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Could he could, like is it possible that Sean Payton just fixed Jameis Winston? It's possible. I still think I would be I would be marginally stunned if uh, James Winston didn't throw a pick at some point in this football game. Well, one of the reasons James Winston threw so many picks is how, how much of his career has he played down by ten points? Like that. Yeah, that was the big thing last year in Tampa was they 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 were down a a hefty amount. But you, there's also the chicken and egg argument with the James Winston interceptions. Is, uh, uh, how many times the were they down? down the short because, field. Yeah, because he threw picks early in games, right? But like if I. <laughs> If I'm Sean Payton, James Winston goes out there and he only throws 20 balls and Kamara catches six of them, you know, like you can control this game and control the tempo and control the pace um, without having Winston go down there and try to, you know, show everybody what an army's got. Like, man, I, I think New Orleans can win this game by quite a bit. Um, and just by him playing a, a game manager type position, which is something he's not used to. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I Like... One of the red zone trips when they get in there, it's going to be all Taysom Hill, and we'll yeah. see how that goes. But uh, they like Taysom Hill in the red zone. Yeah, uh, I I just think Falcons coming off a bye. These two teams always play close, no matter the the uh, the players involved. It's just all it's just always weird stuff between these two teams. It always comes down to to three points or whatever. So I think five's too much, especially with James Winston, who will likely throw picks probably more than one too. So I think I think What's we should take the Falcons on this one. Uh, 50, 50 and a half. Uh, that's a fun one. Yeah, so not too bad. I would lean towards the over in that one, but. Uh... I'd like to see, see that. I'd like to see Ryan and Winston go back and forth a few times. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah they did a few times between the Bucks and the Falcons. And now they're just going to do it, and Jameson will be in a different uniform. <laughs> um, last game of the 1 o'clock slate, the Cincinnati Bengals are heading to Washington to take on the football team. Washington football team favored by minus two, short home favorite against the Bengals. Craig, what do you have to say about this one? Well, you said the magic words. If you ever say the words Washington football team favored, Mm-hmm. Quickly follow. <laughs> quickly following will always be the rule. The words Scott Hansen do not show this game. Um, you're 100 percent correct. I won't watch a snap of this football game. That said, I've got the Washington football team minus two as one of my five. I I think there's a good value there. I think flat out they're the better team. They're coming off a bye. Uh, they're going to be high off this Ron Rivera thing. I think Joe Burrow, who has been great. Um, is starting to hit the hit the rookie wall a little bit here, and uh, the the Bengals are just seriously banged up. So I, I, I like the football team to uh, to cover and get uh, sort of a feel good win for. There, there's going to be a combo feel good win for um, uh, Alex Smith and Ron Rivera in this game coming off a of bye week. Uh, and quite frankly, Washington's the better team. 
I know we don't say that a lot about uh, when discussing the Washington football team, but Washington is a better team. So I'm going back on one of the old school gambling adages here, and I'm taking uh, the short home favorite. Um, do you have anything to add gambling-wise on this one, Bill? I do not. Um, I'm not enamored with either of these people. Don't make me watch this. Don't even make me choose. Fair. Uh, Craig, anything to add on this one besides the Scott Hansen game? Uh, yeah, I don't want to watch this game. Uh, Alex Smith looked all right, but he's not the same guy that he was. So I, w- I would hope for the sake of everyone involved, Alex Smith, that he had us come back and we can move on here and just do something else after this, but we'll see. I agree. Uh, t- Titans-Ravens, easily the marquee matchup of the 1 o'clock slate. Uh, we move on to the 4 o'clock games. First up, the Miami Dolphins and the Fighting Tuas head to Denver to take on your boys, Craig, the Denver Broncos and the uh, sinking Jake Lockers. Uh, Dolphins favored by minus three on the road. You got to hold your nose and take the Broncos, but there's better spots out this week. So I don't think that'll be something I'm doing, but I think if you're one of the compulsive types who has to gamble, uh, I think you got to take your boys here, Craig. What do you think? Um, it's three and a half in some books. I just, Oh yeah. Search out that three and a half then. It's, it's been, uh, like the, the game against Las Vegas was just ugly, just Mm -hmm. horrific. And, uh, look, I said coming into the year, I was cautiously optimistic. Uh, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying that I know Drew Locke is the guy yet, but I was optimistic. That optimism has, uh, has evaporated. Yeah, just, it doesn't, just it doesn't a lot like he's the guy. with the ball and a lot of situ like just the reads are not there. It's, um, it's not what you want. And look, this is not like the Paxton Lynch redo. Like this Paxton Lynch just like didn't want to do film and, you know, a NFL quarterback, which is one of the things you're supposed to do, I guess. Um, really? Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 I know, it's weird. Um, oh. Either way, uh, this is just – Drew Locke just doesn't make good enough decisions to be an NFL starting quarterback, or so it seems right now. And you have to wonder whether the Broncos are a Sam Darnold uh, landing spot, if that, that's Ooh. what the Jets decide to do. Maybe the Broncos want to draft a quarterback. But I, I think that this year – you go get, like, you've given him, when I know there's no court in Sutton around, but you've given him Jerry Judy. You've given him Noah Fan. You've given him K.J. Hamler. Like, I know these are young guys. Very young. Yeah. To the point where I, it's hard to gauge a quarterback by a couple rookies. For all you know, they're running wrong routes half the time. Oh, I, no, I, well, I know no, that. I, I got to agree with Craig on this one because I, I was glued to lo- uh, Locker last week because I had a ton of money on the Broncos. Uh, in a bunch of spots, and he's just—he's not the guy from what, he what I've bad. seen. He absolutely looked bad, and I don't have a lot of faith that he's a, a gangbusters quarterback. But I do think that this is a—the last four or five weeks are not the best evaluation when he's got nothing yeah. but rookie receivers. Here, here's the thing, well, other thing that I'll say about the last few weeks is the offensive line. I know right tackle has been a problem, but Garrett Bowles has been like Pro Bowl caliber. So far this season at left tackle, like he's been very, very good. And Lloyd Cushenberry, he's a rookie, but he's been very good at center, like for a rookie, like a center's a tough position for a rookie. Um, the offensive line's been pretty good. So at some point, like the, the the interception that he threw at the end of the first half, that was the loudest swearing that I've done during a Broncos game in a long, long time. That one was. That, I just didn't understand what he was, what, what were you even trying to do? Like, mm-hmm. I just, the whole thing, like, it was just, it, it was, it was bad. It was bad. So, uh, yeah, you're going to say, Hey, you know, if he had, if he had Cortland Sutton, perhaps things are a little bit different. And I think that's a legitimate point. 
because um, Cortland Sutton's still the best receiver on the team, obviously. Cortland Sutton's a good player. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is bad. It's it's it, they're thirty second in offensive DVOA, or uh, they're they're worse than the Jets. Also, <laughs> yeah, they're uh, excuse me, they're thirty first. The Jets are thirty second. Either way, still not what you want. Yeah, it's bad. Um, well, here from a gambling standpoint, here's what I'd say: if Jake Locker wasn't the quarterback of the Broncos, and the line was the same, the Broncos would be an you're, automatic you're play. Saying Jake Locker, but you got to say Drew Locke instead. Drew Locke, sorry, Jesus, come on, get it together, Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, Drew Locke. Um, yeah, if Drew Locke wasn't the uh, wasn't the quarterback, the Broncos would be an automatic play this week with the plus three. Well, how do you feel about Jeff Driscoll? Because he might be the guy this week. I, I Locke is a practice. Uh, he's got he's got um, busted up ribs, just not as badly busted up ribs as some people, but he's got busted yeah, up. Fair, uh, yeah, Drew Locke. I just, uh, yeah, I I I think the, you're supposed to take the Broncos here, regardless. Just I think it's a good spot. Uh, your boys are so down right now. Is it, it the stock of the Broncos is the lowest it's been all year, and the Dolphins is the highest it's been all year. So this is a, a fade the public spot. The public's going to come in on the Dolphins here hard, right? And it's just weird thing happens. And who knows? Maybe it fucking snows on Sunday, right? Um, yeah, I just th- I think you're supposed to take the Broncos here. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, Bill, do you have anything to add to this one? Um, not particularly. I, you know, the decision-making you see out of Locke is not great. And I, I haven't disliked what I've seen out of Tua. I mean, it's a short sample size, but he's uh, – he hasn't been making a lot of mistakes, which I think is kind of like when you look at a rookie quarterback, that's what you're looking for, right? And, and that's a perfect example of what was damning with Locke is how many – what did he throw, three picks last week? Um, yeah. Yes. It, was, it might, yeah. Have four. might have been four. Let me look it up. But I, that was three yeah. or four. Either uh, way, mm-hmm. those things will kill you in, in the NFL. Um, I, I think I, I'm going to take Tua and uh, the Dolphins here. Yeah, fair enough. I, I just – so bad. Uh, Craig, what's the Broncos record right now? Are they in Fields territory? Draft-wise? No. They're, no? they're Sixers. Like, the, the, the fact that they already have three wins means they're not going to be in Fields territory. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, because the Jets will be one, and I think in football teams only got two. There's a couple teams with only two, right? Yeah. And then, oh, and the Jaguars only have one, so. Yeah. They're, and they're, yeah. All the teams you mentioned you know are taking quarterbacks, so, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, Fields is going think, second overall, I think. I think that's fair to say. Uh, and 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 we'll see what people feel about Trey Lance, but um, I think that the the play, if you're the Broncos, might be go get Sam Darnold. That's not a bad idea. I like when you mentioned well, that oh, earlier. I do believe yeah. I audibly ood and thought yeah, that that's a move that they should like, do. Look at the, like I mentioned, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant. That's better than literally anyone Sam Darnold's ever thrown the ball to. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, I would not be surprised if. If Fields, if if Lawrence Fields and Lance were the top three picks in the NFL draft in that particular order, I don't think the Broncos yeah. are picking in the top three. Unless yeah, I, I, yeah. I would be, I, I would be at, from this point, unless something happens in the next few months, I'd be stunned if that wasn't the uh, the order as well. Uh, speaking of the Jets, you know we love to talk to Jets on this podcast. They're heading to LA to take on the Chargers and Justin Herbert, who for some reason shaved his head into an awful, awful. I'm gonna say it again. Awful buzz cut today. I that was that was just shameful. Although the best tweet I saw on it was from Bill Bardwell, who said, that, "Well, if the Chargers are cursed, you got to give up something you love in order to, uh, you know." I guess so. I guess Herbert's golden locks were the blood sacrifice that had to be made so the Chargers can win a couple of freaking games here. They are favored by minus eight and a half against the New York Jets. 
Oh, mercy. Jets, I guess. <laughs> Coming off a bye? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I, I think you're supposed to hold your nose and take the Jets here. I don't, what do you think, Bill? Yeah, that's probably what I'd do. I'm not, I'm not laying that many with the Chargers, so give me the Jets, but... For no reason, like I have absolutely no interest in betting on the Jets. But eight, what do, what do you have it at? Eight, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah. No, there's there's no way I'm doing that with the Chargers. So give you're me asking, the you're asking a rookie quarterback with Anthony Lynn as the coach to cover eight and a half. That's asking a lot, even against the one of the worst teams we've ever seen take the field in the history of the game, and a team that's purposely trying to lose, but. I, I just, man, that is something else. Craig Needles, the Chargers are favored by eight and a half. And let me present this scenario to you. The remaining opponents for the New York Jets, Dolphins, Raiders, Seahawks, Chargers again. No, it's no, the Rams. No, no, that's the Rams. Yeah, sorry, it only says L.A. At Rams. Cleveland, New England. I mean, is this the best chance that the Jets have left to get a win? Or is it that home game against Cleveland? Jeez. And this is a game where they are like, – like, this might be their best chance to get a win. They're on the road as a eight-and-a-half-point dog. The Browns might really badly need that Week 16 game. That's the thing, <laughs> there's, right? There's, there, there's no might about it. They will specifically need that Week 16 game. Yeah, um, yeah this might be the best crack, and they're – they are more than a touchdown underdog, so that's not very good. Man. Uh, so where are you on this one gambling-wise? Uh, I'm taking the Jets. Yeah, it's it's just hold your nose and take the Jets, I think. Jets, oh, mercy. Ah, terrible. Next up, should be a good game. Probably the marquee matchup of the 4 o'clock slate. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are heading into Indianapolis to take on the Colts. The Colts are currently minus 2 at home as a short home favorite. Packers early in this week were plus 2.5. I placed a little bit of money on the Packers at plus 2.5. They are not one of my five, though. They were the, the fringe six out. I like the Packers here getting points. I think they uh, – uh, are they coming off a bye? Do they have a bye week? No, they had the bye earlier. earlier. Yeah, oh, yeah, they squeaked. They played yeah. on – Oh, no, yeah, no. Yeah, right. They, that's right. They never run. They don't no, the they squeaked one out against the Jags last week is yeah, what they yeah. did. Yeah, they squeaked one out against the Jags. The Colts had the Thursday night, so they're getting extra rest. Everything's pointing towards the Colts. Better defense. Uh, that said, I still like the uh, I still like the Green Bay Packers here. Packers, uh, I mean, this is uh, Packers are seventh and Colts are fifth in DVOA. This should be a hell of a football game. I just, I'm, I'm trusting a little bit of Aaron Rodgers and that old, that old magic that he, he has. Um, and the line has moved uh, into the Colts' favor. It's just weird. I'm going to get. I'm taking the Packers on the road when they got a bad defense against a good defense, with a uh, short home favorite. I'm just. I'm. I'm ignoring. I'm ignoring my principles here, and I'm. I'm taking the Packers. What do you think, Bill? Um. Yeah, give me the Packers. I. I've not been high on the Colts all year, and they burnt me last week. But I'm still not high on them, even with that. A lot of freak stuff in that game. So give me the Packers. I think they're a better team. Uh, Craig Needles, Colts minus two at home against the Packers. Colts. Really? Okay. I think this is going to be a situation where um, the Colts, what they want to do on offense, of course, is run the ball and just pound it. And they have a series of running backs to do that. They've got good offensive linemen. 
And that's not obviously not what the Packers are particularly good at stopping teams from doing. And obviously Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins are not Dalvin Cook. But I just think that the the Colts are going to be able to run the ball very, very, very effectively in this game and turn this into the type of game they like where the Packers don't get a lot of Aaron Rodgers' possessions. I'm going to take the Colts. I tell that's you, the bet I, like, I like the bet I like the most in this game is the under at 51 and a half. Yeah, I think that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, I, I like the under I in this game. Think that, I don't think there are enough possessions. Does the Colts slow this game down? I don't think there are enough possessions for that mm-hmm. to be something that hits. Yeah, that's why that's why I kind of like the under. Uh, last game of the 4 o'clock slate, the Dallas Cowboys coming off a bye week. They get your boys, uh, Bill, uh, and your boys are uh, laying uh, the extra hook. You're getting the hook this week. They're laying 7.5 at home coming off that Monday night victory. Cowboys, extra rest, coming off a bye. Looks like Dal- Andy Dalton's going to start this game. Uh, Vikings short week coming off a pretty emotional first ever uh, Monday night victory for uh, Kirk Cousins last week. Kind of killed me. I went against him in the uh, – I, I took the three with the with the Bears. Seemed like a good spot to take the Bears. But uh, they are truly, truly dreadful. I think you're supposed to take the Cowboys here. I think this is a good spot for them. Vikings riding high offer another win. I don't like the Cowboys to win, but I think the seven and a half is a bit too much. I like the hook. That's what I'll say. How to feel about your boys this week against the Cowboys, Bill? Yeah, I like the odds of a W, but that that is a lot of points. Um, more than I would want to lay with Minnesota. I'm not loving Dallas in this scenario, uh, but Minnesota is playing some good football. Um, 13th in DVOA now. Yeah, like they're they're getting better as the year goes on, it seems. Uh, a few iffy moments last week, but I, I think they should be able to move the ball on Dallas. That won't be an issue, and I don't think Andy Dalton is going to be able to go you know, over the top over and over on Minnesota, even with that young secondary. So give me... Give me Dallas, but Minnesota wins this game by six. I, this is something we said about the Vikings early in this season. I know, Craig, you were a big proponent of this, was that the Vikings were going to get significantly better as the season went on. The particular question we have to ask ourselves now is, did, did they dig themselves too deep of a hole with this super tight at the top end as well um, race in the NFC to – perhaps snatch one of those wildcard spots. They're the only team, I think, in the NFC right now. I think we could particularly say that we might know who the seven teams are that are going to make the playoffs in the NFC. The Vikings are the only team from where I'm sitting right now that have a chance of making that not true. But we always knew that with that young defense and the no training camp and the COVID nonsense that that made it impossible to get ready for the season, that Zimmer with this young defense um, – would likely see an uptick, and here they are now, tenth in defensive DVOA halfway through the season. It's it's just it seems to all be coming together for them. It's just Kirk Cousins is is just this weird sort of anchor. He's not like quite as bad as you know a, a, as a Carson Wentz or whatever. But I mean, or a, a uh, Drew Locke. But well, the I thing mean, about Carson Wentz is uh, hmm. Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins is uh, every now and then he just has a brilliant game. True, 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 true. And... So. Uh, you know, so that 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 outcome is there. Uh, remember what we said about the Vikings a few weeks ago uh, after the win against Green Bay, and like, wait a minute, the next five games are all against teams that the Vikings are are, are better than by a significant yes. margin. If they can go five and zero, oh, they're going to be in a good spot. They've won two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, here, it's three. there for them. Yep. Yeah. So game three is Dallas game, and these are all home games. The next three are all home games. Home to Dallas, home to Carolina, home to Jacksonville. They can all rip winnable. off. Winnable. They can whip off those three. They're in a good spot. 
Absolutely. Uh, how do you feel about the Vikings minus the seven and a half this week, Craig? Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings. As they're not going to be one of my five, and I'm not going to put money on it. I just think the Vikings are going to uh, control this game. Uh, and Cowboys are a mess. Just a mess. Yeah. I just think coming off, it's just, it's a spot where you're supposed to take the Cowboys. Coming off a bye, Vikings short week, the extra half point hook. I think you just hold your nose and you take the Cowboys and you hope for a special teams play or a backdoor cover or some sort of garbage. Because uh, I believe the Vikings are, yep, 30th in special teams. So maybe you get a, maybe you get a kick return touchdown or something for the Cowboys. But yeah, I just think, I just think they'll cover the seven and a half. That's it. Although that's something to say for, let me quickly check. The Cowboys record against the spread. Oh yeah, one and eight. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, and the Cowboys are often a team that goes go poorly against the spread just because they're a public team. Uh, mm-hmm. Question: about The NFC playoff picture before we move on here. So you mm-hmm. ma- you mentioned that uh, you know we I, I don't know if we do know the seven teams. I don't know if I trust the Eagles to be better than the Giants the rest of the way. That's a real statement. That's fi- well, you're uh, right. I should have added uh, the caveat look, look, of yeah, yeah. Look at the other six though. So yeah, we've got the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, uh, in the north, one. Saints and Buccaneers in the south. We've yep, got Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks in the West. Yep. Which of those teams are the Vikings most likely to track down? Um, not the Packers. Uh, jeez, that's a good question. I, I mean, it's tough. That's why. That's why I was saying it's, that I think we might. It's going to yeah. be a tough road. Uh, I would it say was... the Seahawks, if not for the Seahawks having the head-to-head tiebreaker against them. Yeah. That's true. Um, Maybe the Cardinals. Do they get a matchup against the Cardinals later on in this year? The Seahawks are the only West team they get this season. Ah, okay. So that's uh, not helpful for them. Yeah, it it might have to be the Cardinals because Cliff Kingsbury might just drag that Cardinals team down and they might end up missing the playoff spot by like a game if the Vikings can keep this up, right? But the Vikings, from where where I'm sitting, they're the only team with a a modicum of a shot, right? I agree. I agree. The rest of the NFC is cooked except for Minnesota, even though the Bears are a half game ahead. Uh, that doesn't matter to me. Um, yeah. May I suggest to you it's the Saints? Yeah, could happen. With, seven uh, two, but their quarterback mm-hmm. hurt, and the Vikings play them week 16. True. I mean, if they had Teddy Bridgewater, I, I would think that uh, that's a big that matchup looms large now, actually. the uh, It does loom large. Now, may, mm-hmm. if the Saints, if the, like depending on what the situation is with Breeze, if the Saints you know, win three of their next four, then it doesn't matter anymore because all of a sudden the Saints are going to be 10-3 and, and they're going to be home and cool. But... The Saints hit a little bit of a bump here, and the Vikings win those three games we were just talking about. Yeah, well, let's take a look at the Saints' sketty just for uh, yeah, yeah, argument's the next, sake. The next couple of weeks are not exactly, yeah. you know, the Atlanta game is, but uh, so they have, like, they're not exactly tough the next few weeks for the Saints. That's what they have going for them. They have Atlanta yeah. twice, Denver, and the Eagles in the next four weeks. Yeah. That's yeah, probably Atlanta 4 twice, no. Denver and the Eagles, yeah. That, that, that yeah. should be 4-0 no, even with Jameis, right? Yeah, one would think so. That yeah. should be any. They don't even need four and zero with the seven and two, right? Like if they go yeah. two and two, then they're nine and four, right? With you know, a couple of matchups right. there. Uh, their last, uh, they have uh, home to Kansas City, which mm-hmm. uh, probably lost. Uh, home to Minnesota and at Carolina are their last three. Yeah, should be fun. Uh, but like I like I said earlier, the Vikings are the only team. Like Bills, Vikings are the only team that I even remotely consider to be a, an NFC team. But they, can... like, I don't think that they, they don't have to run the table the rest of the way. No. But, they probably got to go six, six and one. Mm-hmm. 
Not impossible. Well, right, yeah, they, yeah, six and one. They got to get to ten and six, so that's six and one the rest of the way. But with the Viking schedule, as you said, that's that that can be done. That can be done. Somewhat dual. All right, heading into the Sunday nighter and what would have been a pretty good matchup, but looks like it's going to be a COVID-ridden hellhole apparently because a lot of the Raiders have tested positive this morning. But in true NFL fashion. They're not going to move or cancel this game. This game will be played. So there's a very good chance that the Raiders have second, third stringers in against the Chiefs at home. The Chiefs are currently minus seven. This was already going to be one of my – the Chiefs minus seven was already going to be one of my five. And I have only been bolstered by that, knowing that the Raiders are going to be playing second and third stringers most likely. Or, and if they aren't playing second and third stringers, they're going to be playing first stringers who haven't practiced or prepared all week to face Patrick freaking Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, a team that they went into their building and beat already this year and then did a victory lap around Arrowhead Stadium. You don't think the Chiefs remember that. Uh, there's also the Andy Reid coming off a bye week thing that uh, is always like his record against the, uh, you know, coming off against the spread coming off a of bye week is, is unheralded. And that said, the Chiefs are going to be pissed off because they already lost. They're not losing two games in a row to the Raiders. The Chiefs minus seven is going to be one of my five. I love it. What do you think, Bill? I think that I'm not worried about the Raiders' second or third string guys. Their first string guys on defense are not that good. Um, there's no reason to think the Raiders are going to be able to stop Mahomes. Uh, give me Kansas City here. Uh, Craig, Chiefs minus seven on the road. What do you think? The Raiders played a game against the Chiefs earlier in the season mm-hmm. where just about every conceivable thing went their way. They got some breaks. They played really well on offense. Everything that could have gone their way did, and it was a one-score game. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to get every everything going their way quite the same this time around. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, it's I I I, I agree. It's and, and like we saw they, they was it the Tampa Bay game where the Raiders had COVID and then uh, they got like completely fustigated. They were at home I think against yep, the Bucks yep. and they gave up and they almost gave up half a hundred. It was 45. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they lost 45 to 10 to the Bucks and and that was the COVID year. I can't believe this game is still on the board quite frankly. This by the way is the other game we mentioned the 57 and a half for the Cardinal Seahawks. This one's 56 and a half. I mean, I still I'm more this game, I mean, the Raiders might be so out of sorts. This game might end up being like I don't know, like 42 to 7 or something like that. Like you you might hit like, the Chiefs might have 42 points, and this game still goes under with, with the Raiders and this COVID mess that they're going through right now. It, it is baffling to me. Yeah, the, the Chiefs are going to be one of my one of my set, one of of my my five. It's it's This minus seven is, is unconscionable to me. There's no way it's minus seven. And if, if the Raiders are missing a bunch of guys, this game's going to be minus ten at game time. So, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, this line's going to go up in the Chiefs' favors. Get it now while it's just the touchdown is, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Bill, anything to add on this one? Not particularly. Um, All right. I, I think Mahomes will be able to move the ball with ease. So, yeah, 42 points, easy. Put all your uh, Chiefs fantasy guys in for sure. Yeah. Uh, Monday night football game should be a decent enough matchup. The Los Angeles Rams are heading into Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. You're getting the half-point hook on this one, which is appropriate for the Buccaneers. Uh, Bucks minus three and a half heading into this one. Bill, what do you think? 
Bucks. I like the Bucks here. Um, I, I think they're getting better as the season goes on. Um, the Rams have been middling most of the year. They played some decent football, but I, I think the Bucks will be able to take it here. So I'll take the Bucks. Rams climbed in the top 10 in DVOA after a uh, win against the Seahawks last week that I was all over. Mm. All right. Uh, Bucks minus three and a half. What do you think, Craig? Uh, Bucks. Yeah. Whatever. I think so, too. They've, they've, they, they've figured out the, the New Orleans, uh, post-New Orleans thing. They, they look great against Carolina. I suspect yeah. they're going to look great again. Um, I think it's just New Orleans, if you're asking me, Craig. Yeah. I think it just might be the New Orleans yeah. Saints. That might be it because they've got three losses and two of them are against the Saints. The other one's on Thursday, on a road game on a Thursday. Against uh, Chicago, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, but yeah, again, that was another one of the games where every single thing went Chicago's way. Uh, yeah, no, I'll take the uh, I'll take the Buccaneers. I like I think the Rams are a good team, uh, but the Rams have some secondary depth issues. Jalen Ramsey's probably playing as well as any corner in the league is, um, but. The Bucks have three number one receivers on their roster. Theoretically, yeah. Yeah, and Jalen Ramsey can only cover one of those guys. I suspect it's going to be Mike Evans, but who knows? It'll depend on sort of the situation the Bucks want to put out there. But uh, Jalen Ramsey almost erased DK Metcalf against Seattle. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Really, really good. Um, uh, I, I would suspect that that's uh, not going to be enough uh, giving me the Buccaneers here. I suspect, and I'm going to look at some some spots. I suspect this is the week we see Antonio Brown get in the end zone for the Bucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at some sites and see if I can find some will Antonio Brown score a touchdown props this week. I, th- I think this is uh, I suspect I think this is a spot here. Definitely gonna be able to find that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that is it for week 11 in the National Football League. All that's left to do is give our picks. Craig, you won last week with a three-one and one. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off for week 11? Yeah, I uh, especially the Baltimore one. Um, I am going to be taking the. Um, I'm going to be taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me the New York Jets taking all the luminaries of the NFL. <laughs> uh, Indianapolis Colts. Kansas City Chiefs. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. <laughs> well, you started off with the not-so-great teams, and then you picked off a yeah. couple of... <laughs> then the last you two, picked... are the two teams that I think might play in the Super Bowl. Anyway. Yeah, you picked you pick the, pick the two teams I will likely be drafting first and second, and then three teams that might be Super Bowl this year. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you got to do that when you're gambling. Uh, Bill, who you got in... Uh... Actually, before you get out of here, Craig, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, because you took Kansas City, I'm going to do this as well. I'm going to ask you to pick a backup game just in case that something happens in that Kansas City game. Okay. Okay. So your five is locked in, and then we'll just say if if this uh, if this game because I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the same for myself because uh, I'm also taking my Kansas backup City. game. My backup game will be up. I'll, I'll take the Texans. Okay, so Houston plus two will be the backup game for Craig Needles. All right, uh, Bill, who you got? Alrighty, I also think the Jags will be in the Super Bowl, so I'll take the Jags. <laughs> um, I'll take Miami. I will take. Dallas as well. Ooh, the old emotional hedge from Bill. Yeah, can't lose, my friend. I'll take Green Bay. I can lose there because I hate Green Bay. You're taking Green Bay? Yeah. 
Oh, nice. I'll give you the plus two and a half. That was there earlier in the week. Okay. For the purposes of our exercise. And then I will take the Tennessee Titans. All right. Tennessee Titans plus the six. All right. I, Matt Pierce, will be taking Seattle minus the three on Thursday. Make it a clean sweep with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me the plus 10. I'm going to take Washington minus the two. I know I talked about that earlier. Uh, Kansas City minus the seven. So that'll be it. And then my official fifth pick for this one is the Atlanta Falcons plus the five. And my backup one for Kansas City, if the Kansas City game ends up getting canceled, uh, will be I'm going to go with Bill. I'm going to take Green Bay plus the two and a half. So Green Bay was the one that narrowly missed my uh, – my window there but uh yeah i i am on board so seahawks jags football team chiefs football team threw me off there and falcons are uh matt's five official picks pending the the, the chiefs game the chiefs raiders game getting canceled which it probably won't so this is all a moot conversation but just covering all the bases uh crossover podcast available at the crossover podcast.com facebook.com slash crossover podcast and soundcloud.com slash crossover podcast we're on itunes please rate and subscribe five stars only and as always you do not have to listen but please download the crossover podcast we're also on google play spotify and stitcher check us out on those particular platforms and pump up our numbers that is it for football this week i don't know if we will have another podcast this week it will either be friday or the beginning of next week but i am promising before we talk week 12 uh i'm going to do a podcast on the other side i'm going to come on here with some of the other guys and we're going to talk this new season of the mandalorian uh once the fourth episode airs i want to talk about uh, what we've seen so far in the first half of this mandalorian so there will be finally a podcast to do with the other uh the, the the crossover other side of this particular podcast before we get to week 12 i am i am saying it out loud so that i guarantee that i will do it this week but it's either going to be friday or monday just trying to hammer out a date to do it but there will be mandalorian talk i guarantee that craig bill as always thanks for doing this and it's a pleasure doing this with you and we'll talk to you guys next week on the crossover podcast <laughs>